Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. We're going to talk some UVA sports news here on the podcast. I'm Chris Graham with Augusta Free Press. First off, anybody out there with any advice, a cat has decided that it lives here. Um, and this happened on Friday of last week. Uh, I am allergic to cats. I'm not, I've got to love animals. Uh, we've got six dogs. Dogs are going a little crazy with the cat walking around the backyard, sitting on our hot tub out back <laughs> on top of it, trying to um, taunt us or stay warm or both front porch uh, meowing. We, we tr- we've tried to engage one of our neighbors to uh, help out. Uh, the neighbor has been keeping the cat at night, uh, but the cat decides during the day that it likes it better here. Um, hmm, any advice? <laughs> I mean, this cat knows it lives here, even though it doesn't. Um, I mean, I'm, I even told my wife last night, uh, I think maybe we forgot that we had a cat. That's how much this cat just has decided that it lives here. So any advice, any tips, please, please help me out here as far as that goes. Um, UVA Sports News now. Uh, we'll start uh, with today. Uh, Virginia is in the top 10 in both the national polls. Uh, in fact, number 10 in both national polls. Um, Virginia won both of its games last week, 13-3, and 5-2 and two overall. Uh, the win over North Carolina, 65-58 on Tuesday, 67-58 over Florida State on Thursday. Uh, the Cavaliers at number 10 are, again, the top-ranked team in the ACC this week. Miami is 16th in the coaches' poll, 17th in the AP poll. Clemson enters the poll for the first time this season in, in both polls at 19. Uh, the Tigers beat Louisville on Wednesday. Everybody does that, um, and it doesn't have to be Wednesday. And uh, got a win over Duke on Saturday, both those games at home. That's it for the ACC. Three teams from the ACC this week. That is interesting. Um, uh, UNC, the consensus preseason number one, is still out. Uh, barely among the others receiving votes. I think three in one uh, poll and one in the other poll. Duke dropped out this week after its loss to Clemson, the aforementioned. To me, the curious omission is NC State. I thought NC State. I was pretty sure NC State would be in. They're 25th, or excuse me, 26th. The first on the others receiving votes. Um uh, in the AP poll, it's a little further down in the coaches' poll. Uh, NC State's fourteen and four overall, four and three in the ACC, but they've won three straight, including a blowout win over Duke, a win at Virginia Tech, went on the road in the ACC, and then an OT win over Miami, Miami and ranked team. So I don't know. Thought they'd be ranked this week. I'm a little surprised by that. Um, wanted to highlight a story that Scott Radcliffe did for us. Uh, Scott with our sister website uh, JerryRadcliffe.com. Uh, wrote about recent UVA hoops transfers and how well they're doing with their new school. The story's getting a lot of reads on the website. Uh, among the players that he uh, reviewed, Justin McCoy. Um, in fact, he he noted that it was Justin McCoy's um, not-so-friendly reaction from the home crowd at JPJ during the Carolina game last week that made him think to do the story. Um, let's see, Casey Morsell at NC State playing really well. Uh, he talks about that, writes about that. Uh, after a couple of years where Morsell did not do so well at Virginia for whatever reason, probably lots of reasons, who knows? And it didn't help. I'm sure that it was COVID time. I mean, everybody kind of struggled through that period of time. Uh, Jabri Abdurrahim down at Georgia, not putting up great numbers. Uh, the <laughs> former like top 35 or top 40 national recruit, and he's putting up 6.3 points a game in his second season at Georgia after really flaming at Virginia in his one year here. Igor Milicic Jr. is mentioned. Let's see, Carson McCorkle down at Wofford. Uh, Milicic is at uh, Charlotte with UVA, a former UVA assistant, uh, Ron Sanchez. Uh, Malachi Poindexter and Jaden Nixon. Jaden Nixon's playing D3 ball this year, so um, doing pretty well. 
And so, yeah, check that out. Uh, it's worth a, worth a read uh, to get into the how the guys are doing uh, in various places. Uh, football news. Virginia picked up a commitment. There's two bits of football news. I'll start with this one for today's news. We're, we're working backwards today. Um, uh, Iowa State cornerback transfer Tavon Kyle has committed to Virginia. The grad transfer, he'll have this, the one year of eligibility remaining. He had a so-so season in 2022 at Iowa State. Former three-star prep recruit. He is a, a former two-time honorable mention All Big 12. Now that sounds impressive as someone who has and no longer votes in things because I just I think the whole voting process is convoluted. I've written about that. Um, but um to be honorable mention just means you got some votes. You know, if your first, second, or third team, first team guys are yeah, that's usually that's the one that means something. Second team can mean something. Third team is kind of like, all right, now we're stretching. Uh, for for something, and then honorable mention again. It's just usually guys who get votes. But he had a really good 2020 season. Um, in 2022, uh, his NFL passer rating against was 115.9. Uh, for those, uh, you know, the college, uh, if that was the college passer rating, that'd be a pretty good passer rating against if you were a cornerback. But the NFL, no, that's not good. Um, uh, 2020 though, his passer rating against was 64.1, which is really good. So. Uh, if if Virginia can get that guy back, that'd be great. Uh, Virginia needs cornerbacks. Uh, lost their two starters from last year. Um, Fentrell, Stripe, <laughs> Fentrell, Fentrell Cypress. I'll get that out eventually. Um, he is headed to Florida State, taking his. I mean, I'm you know four star numbers with him. Uh, Anthony Johnson has exhausted his eligibility. Times about ten. Uh, <laughs> love AJ. But man, he's been in college for a long time with uh, with um, the grad transfer year, the COVID year. I mean, he's been around for a while at Louisville and then at Virginia. I think three years at Louisville, three years at Virginia. He's trying to uh, make an effort to go to the NFL. So, um, yeah, but Virginia's got somebody. I mean, you know, hey, as much as I complain, Tavon Kyle, he's, you know, he played uh, cornerback. Uh, he, he started for three years uh, in the Big 12. Um, and so that's at least a, that's a dude. That's a dude. We'll, we'll take it. Uh, considering <laughs> what we've had or not had. Um, so other football news, uh, I'm scrolling down my uh, website here. Tony Elliott finally announcing a hire uh, at uh, offensive line. Last month, uh, Garrett Touje uh, left the program to head down to NC State to reunite with Robert Anai, the former UVA offensive coordinator before Tony Elliott got the job as head coach. Uh, Anai went for a year to Syracuse, took Jason Beck with him. Jason Beck's now the offensive coordinator at Syracuse because Anai is now the offensive coordinator down at NC State, where, of course, we know he he's now got Brendan Armstrong, who set lots and lots of records under Anai at Virginia in 2021, then didn't do so well under Tony Elliott and does Kitchings at Virginia in 2022. Um, that's, that's where 2J went, and now... Finally, almost a month later, Virginia has an offensive line coach. Terry Heffernan's the name. Heffernan is of, of late of Stanford, where he was the offensive line coach for two seasons. Now, you know, at first glance, I will admit on Saturday morning when we got the news that this was coming down, uh, I'm thinking, man, they got a Stanford guy. That's that's actually pretty good. You know, they waited for a while and got a good guy. And then, then it hit me that, oh, yeah, David Shaw, the uh, you know longtime head coach there at Stanford, resigned. Uh, November 27th, and uh, uh, because the the Cardinal had gone three and nine each of the last two seasons, and uh, from November 27th to January 
12th was that no uh, 14th excuse me uh when heffernan was announced as the hire at virginia that's you know that's a, close to a couple months month and a good good month and a half plus uh and um he had not obviously been getting any interest from anybody so you know he's got a resume that's really good uh, he's you know five years in the nfl three years of the lions two years of the buffalo bills two years at Stanford, some time in between at smaller schools in college, uh, Eastern Kentucky, Wayne State. Uh, he's got, he's, so he's got a track record. He's coached at the Power 5 level. He's coached in the NFL. But on the other side, yeah, again, he's, he, you know, he wasn't on the, he wasn't in high demand uh, as far as things go. Um, he left to hit the ground running with the O-line group at Virginia. I've written about this quite extensively. Virginia's losing four of its starters from 2022, and, and that was not even a very good group in 2022. But at least um, you could have had some guys come back and build upon that, perhaps. But no, four guys are gone. Uh, Logan Taylor, former four-star recruit, is headed to Boston College. John Paul Flores, who only stayed a year at Virginia after transferring from Dartmouth, he's now going to Louisville. So two guys who are going to other ACC schools. And then Jonathan Leach and Derek Devine just decided that even though they have a year of eligibility left, they're done with football. That's not a good sign either. The O-line does return starters. Uh, the, the starting center, uh, Ty Furnish and Justice Johnson, his back, Justice Johnson is backup. And also um, a couple of reserve uh, uh, offensive linemen, guard Noah Josie and tackle Mikhail Boley, who started the first the first couple of games this season, didn't didn't get off the bench afterwards, um, didn't play too well. A true freshman, you know, maybe a little you know, thrust in a little bit over his head there, but um, did not do well and, and didn't get back on the field. Uh, the, the, that group has 12, uh, active players right now on the roster. Tony Elliott said back in December, he'd like to have 15 there. So, uh, they, they, there was a pickup, uh, on offensive line, uh, with, uh, uh, we talked about this on the Jerry Ratcliffe show that I did with Jerry, uh, uh, last Thursday. Um, and I, I don't know if I want to even try to pronounce the name, even though we have to, we right? um, Tracking this down here real quick. Sorry for all the O's. Uh, so Dejon Parker, the kid from D2, Saginaw Valley State, who had announced his commitment to transfer in and play offensive line, actually cited the fact that as of last Thursday, uh, there was still no O-line coach. So he decided to go to Iowa. Uh, maybe that kid was pretty good, considering that Iowa decided to take him. But Virginia did replace him with a Houston transfer, University of Houston transfer, Ugana Nana. Um, who played 28 snaps in two seasons and, and the, not a lot of, not a lot of activity there, but he was a three-star prep recruit in 2020. And, you know, he's, he's been in a college weightlifting program for two years of nothing else. Well, we'll at least count that and, and have, say that's a pretty good thing. Uh, let's see else. Uh, I'll, I'll preview Virginia, Virginia tech, at least a little bit as we sort of wrap up the show, wanted to get back to the Virginia, Florida state game. I'll go over my five observations. Virginia won that game 67-58. You know, it's interesting. They, the, the score would make you think it was a close game. Virginia got an 11-point lead in the, uh, you know, slightly midway before the first half, uh, the midway point of the first half, and really just kind of kept it there the rest of the way. You know, Florida State uh, got it to six one time, very briefly. Virginia led by as many as 14, or 16, I think it was at one point, led by 14 late. You know, the score didn't indicate how much Virginia controlled that game. Uh, interesting about that was that Virginia started Ben Vanderplas at center. Tony Bennett said afterward that he had thought about if if Florida State coach Leonard Hamilton had started Naheem McLeod as 7-4 sophomore, uh, as he did in the first game that these two teams played back in December, 
that he that Tony might have decided to go with Caden Shedrick. But Virginia ended the North Carolina game with Vanderplas at center and a small guard, a small ball lineup, four guards in a center. Now he started Jaden Gardner at the four, but didn't play much. Gardner played 19 minutes. Uh, but Vanderplas played 34. Caden Shedrick only played five minutes and all in the first half. Didn't get back in the game after the 831 mark. And Virginia's offense looked as good as it's looked all season in that game for uh 11 of 22 from three, 45% from the floor overall. And Vanderplas was a big part of that. He had 15 points. He had three early threes to kind of set the tone. Uh, but also just the fact that he's a five, at, at a small five, obviously, 6'8". Yeah, small at 6'8", but he's a, for, for a guy playing in the post in, in the ACC and power five, a, a smaller guy in the post, but he can draw defenders out with his three-point shooting ability, and he certainly did in that game. And um, the offense just flowed so well on the defensive side too. I, I pointed out in a, in a, in a post game column that uh, he's actually, from the numbers standpoint, he's a better defender than Shedrick, which is surprising. You know, you you assume that the guy who can erase shots at the rim is the better guy, but uh, Shedrick gets exposed a little bit uh, because of his his uh, his lightness <laughs> uh, in the in the post. He can get manhandled a bit, uh, you know, one on one in the post. He's more of a uh, a, a help side shot blocker than he is a straight up shot blocker. So, um, whereas Vanderplas a little bit more heft to him, uh, he's 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 a stouter, you know, one on one post defender. So, better offensive guy, better defensive guy. It's interesting that uh, uh, that lineup might be the lineup. You know, might be the the go to lineup for Virginia this year. I I remember advocating for this in the preseason sight unseen. That you know, Jason, just based on his numbers, if for, if if it could emerge that eventually at some point in the season, Ben Vanderplas would be getting whether it be starting minutes or closing minutes. To me, the closing minutes are more even important than the starting minutes. But um, you know, the guy, the, the death lineup kind of guy, uh, that this would be that would be the best Virginia lineup. And hey, you know, two games, it's small sample size, but maybe it maybe it is. High energy from Ryan Dunn in that game. Uh, Dunn got 17 minutes off the bench in the post. The 6'8 freshman who was recruited as a guard has a uh, you know, good mix of ball skills on, on offense and defense. He had 17 minutes, nine points, hit a three, a uh, couple of stick backs, fast break dunk. Um, his minutes haven't been consistent, but it was, you know, I, I mentioned that uh, Jaden Gardner got to start, but only played 19 minutes. Caden Shedrick only played five. Uh, I think that, you know, that again, this, that, and this is against one of the bigger teams that Virginia is going to play. Florida State with a 7-4 backup center, a 6-11 starting center. They're they're big across the front line. They're even big at guard. Uh, that if if Virginia can go small and and play as effectively as they did, and you know, Ryan Dunn at 6-8, pogo stick athleticism, um, played pretty well. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see uh going forward, uh, just how much more playing time he gets. Quiet afternoon for Gardner. Uh, he's had a couple of those lately. Uh his the last week and the two wins. Uh, he averaged five points and two and a half rebounds, 21 minutes a game. So I don't know much out, you know, Gardner was a leading scorer last year, leading rebounder last year. He's had some great games this year. He's also had some very, very quiet games. Another big day for Ben, uh, Ben Franklin. <laughs> I'm thinking Ben Vanderplas, Armand Franklin. They're the duo, the Ben Franklin duo, uh, Armand Franklin, huge game, uh, for Virginia, 20 points, eight of 13 shooting four of seven from three. And I pointed out that over his past six games, now he had a goose egg against Miami back December 22nd and the loss at Miami. And that was 
the end of a six game stretch for him in which he'd averaged only 7.2 points a game. And he was, he wasn't shooting well, 32% from the field, 30.8% from three in that stretch. Since that game, he has averaged uh, the last six games, 15.5 points a game, 43.2% shooting from the field and 41% from three. If Virginia can get those numbers from him consistently, this is a different Virginia team clearly. So, um, and I put it out a reason, not the reason uh, that maybe the game was closer uh, or it, it, the score was closer than the game indicated on Saturday. Virginia had eight fouls in the second half before Florida State had its second foul. Uh, Florida State was nine of 10 in the second half of the line. Virginia shot three free throws the entire game. This despite the fact that Virginia was the one attacking the paint, attacking the rim. Virginia had 24 shots at the rim. Florida State had 10. Florida State was jacking up a bunch of two-point jumpers and three-point jumpers, not making many of those, but they were getting rewarded at the line. Virginia was not. Um, just beware when Teddy Valentine's in the house is all I will say about that. Um, so that's uh, that's a review, and now we'll look ahead just a little bit. Look ahead a little bit to Virginia's game with Virginia Tech on Wednesday in, in JPJ, 7 o'clock ESPNU. Um, Virginia Tech, you know, I, I don't overlook this team. They're on a five-game losing streak. Uh, but those losses, you know, the last one, the Syracuse loss was a little bit of a, you know, there was a little bit of distance between those two teams. But the other losses, I think Clemson, NC State, I'm trying to think, um, Boston College in overtime, all close games. And and this is without a key guy on their, on their team because, you know, you'll hear me explain Virginia Tech, depth-wise, it's kind of shallow this year, if we want to call it by depth. Um, and they, they've not, they've played the bulk of that losing streak without Hunter Couture. Now, Couture is not the difference maker on this team. He's not even a double-digit scorer. Averages 9.6 a game, so just outside of double digits. But without him, you, you they've been exposed a bit in terms of the, the lack of depth uh, this season. Uh, Coach Mike Young's had to go to a freshman named MJ Collins, who's averaging three points a game this season. And in the five-game losing streak, Collins is averaging 22 minutes a game, just under 22 minutes a game. He's averaging 1.8 points a game. And he's getting – so he's consistently getting 20 minutes a game over this stretch. Three of the games, he put up no points. He put up goose eggs. So, um, you know, it, this team is losing tight games um, with a with a sort of fifth wheel that's not producing, you know, and – and and if they're expected to get him back now today, Mike Young saying uh, at his weekly ACC press conference that he's expecting to get Couture back. That would be big, obviously, for this team. Uh, the rest of the Hokies you might be familiar with from the last couple of years. Sean Padula is a leading scorer, 16.8 points a game, also the leading assist man, 4.4 assist a game. Darius Maddox uh, is a guy whose numbers are, are down a little bit from what I would have expected. I don't watch Tech closely. So when I was researching them today and seeing that he was averaging 9.2 points a game, shooting 30.4% from three, I, I expect more out of him. He's he's a he's a player who can put up better numbers than that. Grant Basil is the uh, their version of Vanderplas. He's putting up better numbers because he's been doing this consistently all year long. 13.9 points, 5.6 rebounds a game. I call him their Vanderplas. He's a transfer from a mid-major, Wright State in his case, Vanderplas from Ohio. Uh, Basil is a, a six nine stretch four, just like Vanderplas. Um, shoots 49.7% from the field and 39% from three, so he's he's the real deal. 
And you'll you'll remember the name Justin much just because it seems like he's been there forever. He's been in college forever, kind of like I, I talked about Anthony Johnson a few minutes ago. Mutz is he's a guy. I mean, he's he puts up great numbers. Um, thirteen point six a game points a game, seven point nine rebounds a game, three point nine assists per game, fifty eight point one percent from the field, forty five point five percent from three. That's a guy you want. That, that he, you know, he's six seven and he plays in the post. But I'll, I'll say he's kind of like their Kihei Clark or Kihei Clark is 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 our Justin Mutz, um, in the sense of just a veteran guy who does the right things and does a lot of things. Um, Mutz is a guy like that. So, um, I, you know, the pending re- return of Couture could make this interesting. Also, uh, Virginia Tech is is sort of getting back, uh, getting the sea legs under uh, their top recruit from the class 2022, Rodney Rice. Uh, he missed the first 16 games after suffering an ankle injury back in, in preseason. He's played one game. He played 30 minutes. So he he, went, he didn't come back on a minutes restriction. He came back and he, he played 30 minutes. Only had two points on one and nine shooting. But uh, clearly, you know, I mentioned that depth's an issue. If, if they can get Couture back, get Rice, get, you know, get some minutes from him, productive minutes, it'll be a, you know, it'll be a different kind of game. Uh, the projections, I'll point this out. It's uh, This is all on my website, AugustaFreePress.com, of course. Virginia is a f- – the, the I don't want to say favor because I'm not looking at what Vegas says. I'm going by ESPN, BPI, EvanMaya.com, KenPom.com, and Bart Torvik's um, uh, analytics site. I'll have the game between a six and eight point game for Virginia. Win probabilities in the mid to upper seventies. So uh, we'll have uh, uh, lots about that game coming up. That game is Wednesday night at seven o'clock. I'm recording this Monday afternoon, so we'll have plenty of time to to get into that one. Uh, as as time goes on i still hear the cat meowing i mean i'm upstairs in my podcast studio it's usually i don't usually hear a lot that cat is is uh is is he's convinced i mean I, i'm wondering you know cats have nine lives i'm wondering if the cat lived here in a past life and is, is just like hey i'm back why don't you let me in uh anyway um if you have any questions for me any any comments any topics you want me to address um, write about, talk about here on the the YouTube or or on a, a podcast. Email me at chris at augustafreepress.com.